Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week on Highways Voices, we speak to one of those people in the industry who's forgotten more about it than we'll ever know. Never neglect to show empathy with your competitors. You know, this industry is pretty small that, that we're all part of. And I think that that's a real important attribute for an area that we should, you know, and we should show leadership. Martin Duffy of Elkrig and Enway Highways is our guest in our series on leadership, giving his take on what leadership means to him. We lead the conversation here on Highways Voices from Highways News. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So welcome along, Martin's excellent insights to come and he even gets to talk about the football on Sunday whether you want him to or not. Adrian Tatum's here as always, and he leads the conversation with Martin on today's podcast. But before that, Adrian, what's the news that's been catching your eye this week? Local authorities in London need greater powers to combat non-traffic sources of air pollution. According to a debate heard in the House of Lords last week, London Councils, which represents the capital's 32 boroughs, and the City of London Corporation is supporting amendments to the Environment Bill which will enable council to limit toxin emissions from things like construction machinery, boilers and diesel generators. The City of London Corporation also supports the amendments. Elsewhere, the Department for Transport has updated the guidance for local authorities in England on lane rental schemes, including a cost-benefit analysis for councils to consider before administering it. An extra £8 million will be invested in improving Shropshire roads this year, with up to £120 million added to Shropshire Council's highways budget for the next four years if councils approve a report due to full council next week. And councils in the West Midlands have started their search for civil engineering and highways contractors to carry out maintenance work over the next three years as part of a £50 million framework. I like, Adrian, the fact that I'm now reporting on real events again. You'll see details on our site of the excellent news that Transport for London are sending a major delegation to the JCT Traffic Signal Symposium in September and that the programme's been released for the ITS World Congress in Hamburg in October. I'll be at both of those and you'll be hearing the best of them on Highways Voices. We're media partner to both events and official podcast provider in Hamburg. The value of intelligent transport systems to make our travel safer Safer has been highlighted by ITS UK, well worth reading that, and some rather worrying polling data that's out this week about people's understanding of road signs is on our site. No, the motorcycle over the car in a red-rimmed circle is nothing to do with low-flying motorbikes. Remember, Highways News is the one place to go for everything you need to know. Our website's updated pretty much all the time, and you can get our daily briefing that's in your inbox every lunchtime at midday just sign up at highways-news.com Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum So he's one of the most recognisable people in the highways industry He is Martin Duffy who has been around in the industry since the early 1980s at Avon County Council and Norfolk County Council He's been a consultant working in highways, property and waste management for 15 years and then he was a director at Towie Duffy and Co and then worked as you may well remember at Kia for several years 
uh, before then setting up his own consultancy and now working at Elkrig, the local council's roads innovations group, and he's also the chairman of NY Highways in North Yorkshire. So he's got so much experience and he's led so many teams. Let's find out his views on how to lead within the highways industry. He caught up with Adrian and first defined what he thinks a leader in the industry is. Good leader, uh, Adrian, made up of a whole series, obviously, of different attributes. You know, you probably have to start with saying that it's got to be somebody who can provide the vision for the organisation that he or she belongs to. Somebody who can develop a strategy that will allow that vision to be realised so that they can then drive off through that strategy and make sure that it's delivered and stick it out when when things get tough. You know, what a day to be asked about leadership and what are the attributes of a leader? You know, and, and I should be saying to you, look at Gareth Southgate. Look at all the criticism that he's faced over these last number of weeks while we've been having this marvellous football competition. And yet he's stuck to his principles, he stuck to his design, if you wish, above all else, when everybody else were telling him that it was wrong. What Gareth Southgate did, he created a team around him, but this team that he created around him was unlike other teams that other football managers would have put around them. You know, it's Southgate's team. You know, he has people all from the sporting arena, mind, you know, but like a rower and a ex-rugby coach and a swimmer and you know, so they were able to talk about different techniques and how it affected their sport all the way through diet, training, the whole nine yards. That fresh approach, that real leadership approach that Southgate has deployed, really, for the England team, a lot where it's led us to, to a final, which is absolutely uh, fantastic news. And then, it's just, you know, go through these things, Adrian, you'll think every one of these... Really, you could be, you know, reading perhaps, you know, Southgate's, you know, also about his biography and, uh, you know, the way in which it applies to him, you know, because it's going to be someone who's well respected, hasn't it? You can't be a leader without the respect of the people within your business and wider, really, than that as well. You've got to give respect as well to everyone in your business, not just to your senior management team not just to the top tier, but every single individual that contributes to the success of the business that you are nothing more than a custodian for, you should respect the contribution that they all make. You've got to be a great listener. All the ideas never come from a single individual. Ideas come from others. So this mixing of the backgrounds of individuals to form these teams, forming these great teams around leaders. And that's what they do. They surround themselves with great people, Adrian. I think that's a massive attribute of a leader. They mustn't have any favourites within the business and never sure that that's the case. Everybody's got to be treated equally. You know, that inspiration that Southgate's given, not just to is business, which is the England football team, but to every one of us, every one of us who enjoys the sport of football, it's inspired us all. So, you know, having the agility within yourself to be able to move quickly is 
a key aspect. But the, the, the whole thing about, you know, thinking big and thinking bold is the only way that you'll be able to embrace a growth mindset. Because you put in these positions, generally, in order to support the future growth of a business. So it's a real mixed response, Adrian. But in short, my one sentence would be, you know, check out Gareth Southgate and there's a leader. Well, it's very interesting you should say that because I guess the attributes of being a leader can be applied to various different industries, various different aspects. And even sport, obviously, is, 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 is one of those that sticks out, as you just mentioned. But what areas in particular in the highways industry is important to show leadership in? Taking decisions that are in the interest of, firstly, the sector, so the highways sector, and then in the interest of, of your own business. You know, no one's there as a leader of an individual business, really. Adrian, as you know, we've got the Highways Sector Council who are coming together now in order to create the highways deal that we'll have with government. You know, so it's bringing together these individuals who will be supporting a common cause, who will speak with a single voice. So leadership for us within the highways sector is bigger than any one single organisation or any one single client. We're a collective. And this collective needs, you know, further support from government. We continue fighting for funding, you know, whether or not you're in, on, you know, working in the strategic road network, but much more so on a local government network. You know, when you drop down then from the, well, not even drop down from the industrial level, you know, de- de- demonstrating empathy, Adrian, with, uh, you know, not only the people who are employees of the business that you are lucky enough to be leading, but also clients. Understand things from their perspective and never, never neglect to show empathy with your competitors. You know, this industry is pretty small that that we're all part of. And I think that that's a real important attribute, an area that we should, you know, and we should show leadership. You know, we have uh, different leaders, don't we, within our sector. And this is a personal preference of Duffy. I I think our leaders should be people who know our business. So our leaders, I firmly believe, have got to demonstrate a real strong connection and knowledge of our sector. And that, for me, is a real added attribute. I know we have leaders who will come from you know, different sectors and they're doing a marvellous job of what they're doing from different backgrounds, you know, whether or not that's a financial background or, or whatever. But I, I, I do believe that leaders, good leaders within our sector, it's easier for people to follow leaders who have been on that same journey that the people are on who are within the business. You know, making sure that you always continually encourage others and particularly when things are getting tough. You know, when I said about deploying a strategy and sticking to it, well, they're never that easy, are they? You know, we we have these great plans, and it's always easier to give up. The hardest thing is to carry on without a shadow of a doubt. The leader can't do that. The organisation's never got to do it. 
So the leader needs to encourage all of those people to stick with it and stick with him or her in deploying that strategy. You're a leader now at Elkrig and more recently at NY Highways. Um, yeah. You've worked under good leaders. Um, what have you learned from that? And, and what makes a good manager of people? Because, of course, that's probably the most important part of leadership, isn't it? Adrian, it's different. The role of a manager is different than the role of a leader. You need to be a good manager first before you'll ever be a leader. You know, there are certain skills and techniques that you'll develop as a manager uh, that you'll need to deploy that are different than a leader. So I suppose what, what, what I'm saying is that, you know, like leaders, as I said earlier, you know, they're there to create the vision, you know, and design a strategy. The managers are there to create goals that will see the delivery of that strategy and the achievement of, of the overall outcome. You know, they've got to have an ability to be able to design systems and processes that they can apply them with great rigor in order to make sure that they're going to be able to deliver on, on that strategy. Basic things that, you know, you'd be bound to say, they've got to be great people managers. They've got to be great with, a good manager. It's got to be good with people, Adrian. Got to be empathetic. You know, it's got to understand their point of view. You know, I am sure that many of us have had managers in the past who would say they were anything but that. So, you know, really, really strong attributes, I think, of a good manager. And I think finally on the, the, the manager side, you know, what, what they would be doing, it's, it's more down in the weeds, it's more down in the nuts and bolts, the muck and bullets, but, but the manager has got to make sure that both he or she, along with the entire team, are trained to do the work that they're being asked to do. So we shouldn't be asking anyone to do work unless we've given them the right training, the right tools, the right skills. So a good manager makes sure that that's there in abundance because they know that if they, uh, they provide that to the, to, to the people within their teams, there's a much greater chance of delivering on the goals that they've previously set. So I think there is a, a distinct difference between the great manager and the great leader and I think it is also a sequential step, you know, of moving from up to manager, from manager into leadership. What areas is it important that an organisation like Elkrick shows leadership in? Well, I think first and foremost then, uh, uh, Jim, we've got to make sure that we're listening to our members. That's the only reason we're there. We're th we are there for the members. So we've got to make sure that we listen and then we react to what their specific needs and wants uh, are as individual members. A good example would be, you know, the development of a framework that we've just recently implemented, where we're hearing from a number of our members that they were struggling to access certain skill sets within the sector. So we went out and we procured a small pavement framework consisting of 12 contractors who are being used now by a whole range of different local highway authorities across the UK. So not, it's not just about a regional approach to this. This is about a national, you know, helping with the national issues and the regional issues every one of our members faces. We had to make sure that we were creating a partnership of equals 
which is why we've gone down the route of uh, creating a community interest company. So beyond being a membership association, you know, we are, to all intents and purposes, uh, you know, we have the same powers as any other limited company, being a community interest company. It's just that we had to te- pass the community interest test, which is there, you are there for the greater good. And we're not, you know, this is not about a big profit making machine, which it's not. You know, any monies that come into Elkrig are invested purely, selfishly, to make our members' day job easier. It'd be foolish if we didn't have one eye on what's coming round the corner. So, you know what, what is coming round the corner, Adrian? You'll know, you know, more or as much as I on, you know, carbon targets and initiatives. What's coming round the corner on social value? And how are we driving that? You know, the understanding of social value in different clients is, is significant. We don't have a common understanding of it, Adrian. So we we are looking to produce guidance that will bring all of our members up to the same level, up to the same base. You know, providing that type of guidance, giving a voice of our members directly to the Department for Transport and two-way and creating a, a platform where member organisations can e- easily speak to other member organisations and the whole supply chain network. Sever a small industry and we, we want to create and we have created with an outbreak a single platform that consists of all the clients, all the providers and Department for Transport. That is what our members are wanting to make sure that, that, that we do. One thing I've been, you know, the industry's been criticised for in the past is its speed of innovation. So L. Craig have decided that we must show leadership in innovation for our sector. And what we've done here now, Adrian, we have just within the last week implemented a brand new innovation fund of £150,000 being offered up to businesses, small and large clients, universities, providers, anyone can bid for this money if it's going to drive, if they've got an idea that's going to drive quicker, faster, better solutions for our network. The innovation fund that we've launched has been in the memory of the late Steve Berry. So it's called the Elkrig Steve Berry Think Exceptional Innovation Fund. What are the challenges on the highway network right now? First and foremost, Adrian, I would have to say it's got to be funded, hasn't it? You know, whenever you mention challenge, local highway authority, the first thing that any head of service would say, it's me funded. And what have we seen this year? Again, Adrian, we've seen uh, reductions in the maintenance funds being made available to local highway authorities, you know, up to orders of like 20%. So it's like me saying to, to you, Adrian, right, you know, every week for the last year, you've been given £100 to go and do your shopping at a supermarket. But this week, I'm only giving you £80. I'm asking you to go to the same supermarket where we know the prices have gone up, incidentally, and I'm asking you to buy even more. So work, work out how to do that, Adrian, is the dilemma that we face in, in local government. So the funding challenge is massive. COVID, 
has brought with it some challenges for us, not least about on the delivery side, but about the type of work that we're doing. So, you know, how are we catering for changing travel demands, whether or not it's on more on foot and on bike or it's car or it's bus. So with that ever-changing environment of travel demands, you know, understanding what, what it is that's coming around the corner and how are we going to be able to react to it quickly. That I think that the biggest change for me, or challenge for me right now, uh, during the local government facing, and, and we're, trying, we're starting to tackle it, we're starting to tackle it through Craig in discussions with DFT and inviting in all the members, is this issue around, you know, understanding when to intervene on the network, where to intervene on the network, and what that solution should be. Now, we know that we've got many different providers out there right now who will tell us they'll do all the data collection and all the data analysis and that'll produce everything we need in order to be able to identify the uh, the where and the when, but not necessarily the solution. So you've got companies like Gaist and Zeist and Vaisala who are challenging the more traditional uh, data collection methods which were defined under UKPMS and the use of scanner. So that debate is now underway, Adrian. And so in uh, uh, the next number of few short months, I'm hoping that we're going to create a clearer landscape for our local government members, for our clients, for our uh, members of Elkring, uh, in terms of defining what their options are. And then when it comes to what's the solution, you know, what's the right solution? Who's best to design that solution, Adrian? Well, very cleverly in, in Blackpool, they've decided it's not necessarily the client. You know, that expertise that we used to have in local government in abundance of the engineer, uh, you know, it's, we've started to lose from uh, from local government to, to a point where some of our uh, local authorities don't possess much of that skill at all. So it all sits with the private sector. So with that framework that I mentioned of these 12 suppliers, what we're doing up in uh, Blackpool is we're taking them all out on one single bus and we're going riding round parts of the network, showing them what the issues are, you know, describing it in our own terms of it's rutting or it's cracking or it's raised iron work or it's skid resistant, but speaking nothing of solution. We want the market, these 12 different organisations, Adrian, we want them to come back to us with not just individual company solutions that you know, listen, I can put some asphalt preservation material on that and it'll fix it for five years. We're looking for these organisations to say, well, if we work with such and such and such and such on this, the sort of combined efforts and our combined solution would represent so much greater value for this authority. So that new way of working, Adrian, with the private sector is a real big deal for us going forward. And that is far from common. It's exceptional, in fairness, actually. It, it, it hardly exists. So you know, we've, we've, we've a long way on this journey to go. Also, you were recently announced as chair of NY Highways, the first situation where a local authority has gone from client contractor relationship into creating a tackle type organisation. What would be your priorities there? Very timely question for us, Adrian, because the tackle company, NY Highways, 
launched on the 1st of June. So uh, we've not been in, uh, in position for that long. So the uh, priorities for us are absolutely clear for, you know, year one and then through to we have a, a business plan taking us through year five. But you, your burning platform on an arrangement of this nature is always going to be about that mobilisation. So we wanted to ensure that we had an absolute seamless and smooth transition. And you know what? That, we can tick that box already. That's something that uh, uh, the team in NYI Ways and on the client side, North Yorkshire County Council have achieved and they've, they've achieved it in spade loads. It's been a, a great success. We've got to make sure that we establish the brand. Who is NYI Ways? Gotta make sure that all of our customers in North Yorkshire are aware of what this business is, what its responsibilities are, and what it does. So, you know, getting the brand out there is a, a key step. Developing collaborative relationships, not just with the client side, who sits within North Yorkshire County Council, but, but also with adjoining local authorities, with whom we may well in the near future try to look to see if we're able to support them and with developers. So one of the things that we're looking at is formal collaboration. Organisations that tell me, Duffy, we're a collaborator in our organisation. You want to see this thing that we did and they show me one thing. You know, Adrian, that, that's not collaboration, formal collaboration. That's a random act of inspiration where just luckily that they've managed to come across something which has benefited them or the clients or the, the, a wider business. Formal collaboration is about where you've got systems and processes in place to force you to innovate, to force you to run through processes that see you working alongside those organisations that, that I mentioned. And come with that will be growth opportunities. Where are the growth opportunities for us, Adrian? We want to explore more on the you know the section 278 world you know so with all the developers that are uh, that are up there and looking to you know build new roads and infrastructure up in north yorkshire but finally what we've and, and it's not a final thing really this should have been first on the list got to meet members expectations members are absolutely fundamental in this and we have to make sure that we are satisfying their requirements and we are meeting their expectations. That's absolutely key for us in being able to claim at the end of year one, you know what, this has been a successful year. If the members perceive it hasn't, then it hasn't, I'm afraid, Adrian. Whatever reality might be, you know, perception is king. We need our members alongside us in this in NYI ways and I've got to say the start that we've had has been incredible so uh, we've, we've really got off to a good start Adrian I, I don't see anything that's about to get in our way of achieving uh, those things that I mentioned plus much much more. How will NY Highways show leadership in the community it serves on the wider highway sector? It's got to be by providing an exceptional service that the public would claim this is better, it's quicker, or it's more cost effective. And I think we can do this in the model that we've got, you see, 
Adrian. In, when, it, when it's the client's private sector relationship, there's always commercial tension. And don't get me wrong, we've got commercial tension in this, but we direct it in a different fashion. It's managed in a different way. So instead of being a slave to targets that, you know, we've got to do a hundred gullies in a day. And so individuals who perform that particular activity don't want to be going back to the depot until they've done a hundred gullies. So what do they do when they come across a real problem gully? Do they spend three hours on resolving it? Are they tempted to leave that and move on to the, the next and do the other 57 so they hit the target of 100? Now, we're empowering all the lads and lasses who you know, perform the functions out on the network in North Yorkshire to make those decisions. So whether or not that's the, you know, dealing with a problem gully, and if you've got to spend three hours there to resolve it, do it, because that stops the letters of complaints coming through to the members. It stops the members getting on the case of the client and then the client on the case of uh, NYIWAS, Ross Bollowell, who's the managing director. So all of these things have a, a, a great knock-on effect. So it's, uh, you know, first and foremost, I think the change model will allow us to uh, behave differently uh, in terms of the work that we do. It's not all about private sector bad, public sector good. Absolutely not. A mixed economy for the UK local government highways is absolutely the right model. You know, and varying degrees of that. You know, where we've got more of a, an insourced arrangement now with North Yorkshire uh, NY Highways and other organisations where that substantially all sits within the private sector. I'm not saying that there's any one of those models which is the right model for the whole of local government highways. What I am saying is that the range of models that we've got allow a client to select what is fit for purpose for their authority. Because without a shadow of a doubt, not every local highway authority here in England are in a position where they could move to a tackle model. Absolutely far from it. It would be too much of a change. And I can't see that happening in great swathes. I can see more moving towards a tackle style arrangement. But the mixed economy, it's important I get that message over, is the right way for the UK, for the whole of our local government highways. Martin Duffy talking leadership on this week's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. So, right, Adrian, we're nearly out of time, but we always find time on Highways Voices for... Adrian's Accolade. Because it's your chance to really commend somebody or some people or an organisation within the industry who've done something brilliant for the industry. So who's Adrian's Accolade going to this week? So this week, my accolade goes to parcel delivery company DPD and vehicle tyre innovator Enzo. So the two companies are partnering on a new trial for a new type of commercial vehicle tyre that is designed to reduce air and microplastic pollution. Microplastics was something that was discussed on one of the first podcasts we did with R3 earlier in the year. 
But this DPD and Enzo trial is part of a Transport for London Freight Lab Innovation Challenge, which is encouraging innovators that will do anything to tackle London's air pollution and road congestion. The London Freight Lab Innovation Challenge is backed by the Mayor of London. So the companies explain that tyres are largely made of fossil fuels and as they wear down, they emit more air pollution than tailpipes. And tyre particulate matter can, can create real levels of pollution. So I think um, it's definitely uh, definitely a project that needs some recognition. And that's why it's won Adrian's accolade this week. Thanks, Adrian. You're absolutely right. When you think of uh, air pollution and emissions from transport, people tend to just think of what's coming out of exhaust and think that's all that matters. But brakes and tyres and stuff coming off the road as well, all extremely important. So it's good to see somebody innovating on that. So that is it for this week's Highways Voices. Thanks, as always, for listening. And thank you to Martin Duffy for spending so much time to talk to us. Uh, We're back next week when we rekindle the conversation about e-scooters. Remember Peter Hitchens on the podcast a few weeks ago? The most popular podcast we've had so far. Now we get somebody from the industry giving their view on why e-scooters are part of the future mobility solution. That's it for this week, though. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again next Wednesday. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 